Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. Thanks for taking this opportunity to tune us in today. Uh, this week, as you know, is a little bit different. Uh, Mrs. Wesco and I are taking a little bit of time off, but we're playing some classes that were played at several different churches over the last year or so, and we wanted to share them with you. They're just a consolidated group. We just cut down the class a little bit, and uh, you'll hear we do about three or four times this amount, have case studies and different things like that at camps, but we want to go ahead and share this with you. So we hope you enjoy this, so hang with it. Here we go. Sorry about the humming. We worked on the food and uh, the drinks, and it was really good. I think I had three or four donuts. I haven't done that in a long time. But it, it felt like I wasn't eating that many because I had a half at a time. You know, so I, I feel like I, I was processing them in a different manner. So it's, it's not the same as sitting down and just eating four donuts. It was a half at a time. Uh, but we're glad to be here. We had a... Uh, just a wonderful morning already, and Debbie's getting to play with Jonathan. She loves babies, and we got to get our oldest son and his wife working on that. We, uh, I'm like, what are you guys doing, man? And he's carrying on the family name, Douglas John Carragher. So he... You see how mom sticks up for people, brother? We need to have a PTSD class on that. <laughs> the kid knows his job. Don't give him a way out, but... Anyway, I want to start off this morning, and I do, I want to talk about healing and the other side of things with PTSD, and I believe we're going to have an opportunity to look at narcissism. So as I remember right, we're going to go about 45 or 50 minutes, and then we're going to go into another session after a quick break. And uh, any questions, so the rules as yesterday, any questions, raise your hand. I'll be glad to call to you, call on you. Uh, If it's a deep theological type of thing, I may say, let's talk after class today. Or if it's just something we know about real quick, which most of them are, we'll be more than glad to answer them for you. So I want to tell you about a guy this morning. I know they're going to put the slides up here on the board. I want to tell you about a guy named Jack Henry. Everybody knows somebody like Jack Henry. Jack Henry, in 1966, graduated from high school and joined the Army because he wanted to be a helicopter pilot uh, in the United States Army. And they told him, you have to be in the Army for a while before you can apply and become a helicopter pilot. So Jack actually joined the Army, became an infantryman, and went to Vietnam for a year. And uh, earned a Purple Heart, a Bronze Star, was just a really good guy. Came back to the United States and said, okay, I did my year, I did my time, I want to be a helicopter pilot. So they sent him to helicopter training at Fort Rucker, Alabama, and, and, and Jack Henry became a helicopter pilot. And for those of you who read books or maybe watch the movie, there was a movie entitled We Were Soldiers Once. And uh, Jack Henry was one of the pilots that kept flying in, got himself a silver star, a bronze star, and a purple heart on that tour. And he said, I've had enough. And he said, every time I go on a tour in the Army, I get shot, and I get these medals, and I've had enough. So I'm moving back to Florida, my home state. I'm going to have good weather. I'm going to enjoy the beach. So he gets back to Florida, and he realizes he still wants to fly you know, a plane or a helicopter. He wants to fly. He had the bug. 
So he went down and he ended up getting hired by the state of Florida to fly these fixed wings, these small planes over the Everglades. Now, how many people have been to the Everglades? Yeah, so my buddy back there, Tim, Debbie, it's like the worst waste of time in your entire life. You go out there and say, is that an alligator? Is that an alligator? Now you're going to say, is that an anaconda over there too? Because you got these knuckleheads throwing anacondas out there. Too. Yeah. Huh? Oh, and the mosquitoes, it's just not a good place to be. It's so bad, they hired Jack Henry to fly over and look for people being killed, the cars broken down, and things of that nature. So as people go out there and visit, and you can ride these airboats out there. And so that was Jack's job. Every day for 20-something years, he flew through the Everglades, and he went looking for people messed up, being eaten up by alligators or whatever the case was. And he went looking around for these people, and... And uh, he would report him in. Police would go out and help him. Day after day after day, along the way, he graduated from a Bible institute and became the assistant pastor at a church. And he said, man, I'm retiring. I got my 25 years coming up. And so he had, he had four more flights left on his career. And on this one day, he hopped, in a, he hopped in his fixed wing plane like he had done many times before. It was one of his newer ones, and, and he went to take off, and he took off, and as soon as he got to about two or 3,000 feet, you don't fly real high when you're flying over the Everglades, and he had this big magnifying glass camera taking films, and they checked different things. A snake came out of one of the vents, a poisonous snake. And, you know, I don't know about you, but that just kind of freaks me out that a poison, you know, I'd be dead. I mean, I would have taken that plane and went straight into the ground and just, just met God. You know what I mean? But he took, he took this clipboard he had, and he started beating the snake back. So he, he calls in, and he says, listen, you know, I got a water, water moccasin here. He's coming in. He's trying to bite me. He's coming through the vent. He's coming after me continuously. I don't know what to do. Uh, this is terrible. And, and then they set up for an emergency landing. So they called the fire department. Everybody's out there by the runway. This guy's flipping back around the whole way. He's beating a snake back in the vent. He finally started coming out the backwards on the other side of the vent. He put his foot up against it. I mean, it was just crazy. The snake's in there. He finally hits the ground. He barely lands the plane and he flies out the door he throws himself out the door the plane keeps on grow, going and uh, anyway they they were able to stop the plane kill the snake and do all that stuff and and jack said i'm never flying again i'm all done the vietnam i got shot a couple times flying i didn't care for that and here i am in florida you know looking for alligators and stuff i'm too grown up i'm four days from my retirement i'm never flying again so Jack Henry said he was never flying again. But what happened, what ensued because of this flight changed everything. And what happened was everybody wanted to interview Jack Henry. And their first question was, and, and I know you guys can think of this question, what would you have said to Jack? Uh, what would your question have been for Jack if you had any question at all? What would it be? How did you keep flying was what I was thinking. I didn't hear you, brother. I, you, Why'd you stop flying? Oh, yeah, the snake freaked him out, I guess, but that's good. But uh, my question would be, how did you keep on flying? Now, this is what Jack said. He said, when I learned to be a pilot in the United States Army, they said, no matter what happens, keep flying the plane. No matter how bad things get, no matter how things are upside down, your responsibility is to keep flying the plane. 
Uh, for those of us who get to serve God and, and, and do these types of things, we have a responsibility. As we heal from our hurts, as we go through things, we need to keep on being with God. We need to keep on doing the things of God. We need to keep on flying the plane. And, uh, and God will let us land it, and we'll get through. And Jack Henry went, and he pastored a church for many years. And he went to heaven a couple years ago at 80 years old. But I was thinking about that. You know, as Christians, we have a responsibility to keep on serving God. Just no matter what's going on, just keep on doing that next thing. Getting that plane on the ground. Sometimes you jump out the door. And you say, why in the world did this happen today, Lord? <laughs> you try to figure it out, but you keep on going. So we're going to talk about 12 steps you need to know for healing this morning. We're going to start out with them. And you can populate that slide, Brother John. Number one, we've got to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So if, if anything good is going to come out, if we're going to heal, we need to be a member of God's army. I was 17 years old. I had hair halfway down my shoulders, wore John Lennon glasses, uh, hitchhiking home one day and uh, out there on the highway and I always wanted to be in the army I said man if I if I can go in the army I can go to the PX I can go to their bowling areas I can you know it can get all this stuff cheaper than everywhere else I'm going to go in the army I'm going to do all that I told my mom I didn't want people telling me what to do anymore I was joining the army uh, she was okay with it and uh, but anyway one day I was hitchhiking home and it was like uh the day after my 17th birthday, I was hitchhiking home, and it was in September, and it was one of those drizzly, sleety-feeling kind of days in September. You know you hate those. You get one like once every 50 years or something. And I had my, uh, I had a jean jacket on, and that thing was just pelting me. And I'm hitchhiking down the road, and there's only about seven cars an hour that went to my little hometown. And uh, I remember I was hitchhiking on this side of the road, and a guy was coming up this way, and he made a U-turn to come pick me up. And I said to myself, I said, that's either a pervert or an army recruiter. <laughs> and it turned out to be both. And, uh, but I joined the army, and this is what happens when I join the army. And he turned out to be an all right guy. Uh, guy. But in the weird turn of events, this guy was my recruiter, and I was in charge of him when he retired from the Army. It's just the way the Army works, man. I was, a, I was his superior when he retired from the Army. He was assigned to me for a little while. And I'm like, I know you. He said, yeah, I recruited you. You had John Lennon hair and glasses. And I think you were smoking pot back then. I said, shut up and sit down. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> but when I joined the Army... When I joined the Army, a couple things happened. I enjoyed all the benefits of joining the Army. I was able to use the health care. I went through basic training. I was part of the United States Army. Everything the Army did, it was part of my DNA. So if we're going to do something with God, if we're going to make a difference, we need to join God's Army. So the first thing we got to do is accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's a big part of healing. We're, we know that uh, there's not a just man upon the earth. We know the New Testament version of that is we all fall short of the glory of God. We have to be in God's army if we want to take care of it. The Bible reminds us, who, he that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. So we got an option. We accept Jesus Christ or we accept the devil and his plan. And we want to accept God. And so God is perfectly just. That's the whole thing about accepting God. He gave us Jesus Christ to, you know, to fill that bridge, to fill that void. Without him, we can't make it. He hates lying, cheating, or other forms. He hates sin. Um, 
and, and, and we know this to be true, and he will administer justice in accordance with his standards, the Bible. So we accept Jesus Christ and his plan, and then we get, uh, uh, we get God's propitiation. He goes in ahead of us, for us, and in lieu of us. Next slide. And so the other thing I always try to remind people is we forget this sometimes, that we're just these finite human beings. Some of us are more finite than others. Some of us are more, you know, we have a little more depth or whatever. I'm not among that, <clears throat> among that crowd. But even people who spend their whole life as academics in colleges and medicine and stuff are only a speck in this whole room on the infiniteness of God. And we get to be part of that. And there's benefits for membership. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's benefits to being in God's army. He heals you. He cares for you. Yeah, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. And let me tell you something. You can't have unclean and clean at the same time. <clears throat> there's only one thing that will fill your heart. And it, you want the clean Holy Spirit directing you and guiding you. And the army takes care of its own. Next slide. So the first thing we needed to know, if we're going to be healed, if we're going to get better, if we're going to grow with God and do things, we have to be part of God's army. Now, I'll tell you something else I learned in God's army before we move, and I, I say it like I'm from New York there. Did you guys pick up on that? What are you trying to say? You're just supposed to be holding the baby right there. Oh, that's coming back on me, Brother John. He's back there laughing because he's been married 39 years. Hey, where's John's wife? Are you out here somewhere? Yeah, that's why you can do stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> this, is, this is what I found out. Uh, and, and in the Army, there's several kinds of soldiers. And there's those kind of soldiers that want to be part of everything. They want to work. They want everything to work out well in the Army. They hold everything together. They put everything together. They're the kind of soldiers that change the world. And that's the kind of soldiers that God wants. Those fruits of the Spirit you find over in Galatians, that's the kind of soldier that's God looking for, that God's looking for. And then we need to remember, and I told you this last night, this is a really big deal, but we've got to remember we're a new creation in Christ. We forget that sometimes, don't we? And we just want to go back to where we were. And, and you know, one of the things you've got to really worry about, too, is we always say, well, I'm no better than my fathers. Remember that from the Old Testament? Remember when Elijah said, well, I'm no better than my fathers. No, but uh, your God is, because your fathers were all messed up, and, uh, but, but your God is. Your God is better than your fathers, and he can help you get through there. So we've got to understand we're a new creation in Christ, and it's not because of our genetics. It's because of our Savior. And uh, the Bible reminds us that, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, this is one of the problems we have with people with PTSD is they, they don't remember that we're new. God, God rebuilds us. And, and Ezekiel, he can give us a new heart. He writes on our heart, love letters, songs to us, things of that nature. We see that throughout the Bible. And, and the great thing that's going on here is we just got to plug into that new relationship, that new world, that new place. And we got to do it every day. The Apostle Paul said, I have to die daily of this world. I mean, he went to a city, got beat up, went back to that same city, got beat up again, shipwrecked. Uh, used as a slave, handcuffed, shackled, lifed up, upside down. And Paul said, I'm going to keep serving. You know, but every day there was something that happened in his life that can happen in our lives that changes things. He's repenting of the sins of this world every single day. 
He says he has to die daily. And what he's doing is he's dying of the flesh. Because, folks, I'll tell you, people ask me all the time, how do I get over an abusive spouse? Or how do I get over an abusive person? Or how do I get through this terrible thing? How do I know when I get there? When it's not your every thought. As God gives us grace, he starts taking that away from us. And then we get to live a normal life and, and, and maybe include other people in there that we start to trust. And uh, uh, so that's a pretty big thing. So we're a new creation, so remember that. And uh, the Lord gets us. He understands it. And you can hit the next slide on that one there. And so there's some truths here. Our believer position, once we're saved, is we're in Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be in Christ all the time. And uh, second is the believer's character. I'm a new creature, or I'm a new creation. And people want to go back and say, well, I'm that same old person. I'm that same old guy. I'm that same old girl. I'm that same old person that gets stuck here. And God's like, no, you're not. You're in Christ. You're with me. You're along for the ride now. Things are going to get better now. And, but we have to claim that. We have to go in and claim that on a daily basis. And, and, you know, one of those stages is being without Christ. That's a state of nature. That's not a state of God. Next slide. And so we're all born without Christ. We know that. Even those little babies. And, and we try to uh, share the gospel with people as much as we can. We, we do believe there's an age of accountability. We know that our little ones uh, may not be able to understand uh, accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior till they get a little older. We get that. And I, I think we see the age of accountability uh, when they're wandering around the desert and they're trying to get to the promised land. And, and, and God only keeps the people who didn't cause any trouble who are that age of accountability and under. So we see that happening a lot throughout the Bible. And uh, so we see that throughout Christ's life, he preaches that you'll be a stranger to his glory until you reach out in faith and accept him. This is what I know, and I mentioned this last night. There's two kinds of Christians. Once somebody's accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, there's two kinds of Christians. There's those people who are following God's will, who are living in the present and looking forward to the future, or there's those kinds of people who haven't bought in on it yet. They just haven't uh, pulled it. You know, pulled the lever and said, I'm going to serve God. And the people who haven't pulled the lever and they get saved and they go home and they're miserable and they say, I'm not getting any better, are the people who aren't just cashing in on everything. Uh, they're the people who are outside the will of God. And Christians who are outside the will of God are some of the most miserable people you ever met in your life. But it's so great that we can just turn around and give things to God and talk to God and, and accept Him and make that difference. Next slide. <clears throat> and in Christ, again, being in the center of his bliss, the center of his love, and the bottom there, reminding us that as a new creation that we're a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And uh, so God directs us from the inside. Now, you've heard it when you read your Bible. So when we do our Bible reading, we know that God talks to us. And uh, when we pray, we talk to God. And we got the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts. And, and, you know, we get that still small voice of that thing. Why are you doing this? Stop that. You know better than this. I get that voice all the time. Now, God doesn't audibly talk to me. I'm a Baptist. If he audibly talks to me, you guys are going to be reading about my funeral service, man. It's like Doug died. You know, God came to talk to him. But, uh, <clears throat> but I'm here to tell you this is real. Having a real day-to-day -day new creation relationship with Jesus Christ will make your life a much better place to be. And it's a day-to-day -day battle. It's a struggle. The world out there hates us. 
The world out there wants to give us all the advice that's going to keep us spinning out of control. And there's some good people out there, some seemingly great people, but short of having a relationship with Jesus Christ, they don't view things the same way we do. Next slide. <clears throat> this is a big one, folks. We need to acknowledge the reality of our trauma. Uh, sometimes, especially in the military, people don't want to admit uh, that they've had trauma. We see it, too, with a lot of rape cases and physical abuse. And, uh, but once we admit that, once we know we need God, once we trust in him at all times, you people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. I love that word refuge in Psalms because it's bigger than what you think it is. So a refuge, they would have a fort, they would have a high tower, a lot of these expressions we sing about and we see. In the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, they had the high tower, which would be in the middle of the base, and right under that could see anything coming, any direction. They'd have a base of people everywhere, and right in the middle of that base was the refuge. That was the safe place. That's as safe as you could get on earth. And the Bible's reminding us that God is our refuge. And there's no safer place than that, just to be in God, in Christ, trusting Him. We just need to acknowledge and say, God, I messed up. I've done it. There's been times you just look up and say, God, I messed up. Help me with this. Folks, make prayer a very important part of your life. And, and I know, that, you know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean we spend 24 hours a day or every waking minute of every day praying. But it does mean that we pray through all things. You know, if, if we're hurting a little bit, say a prayer. If we're going somewhere and we're going to someone else that's hurting, let's say a prayer. Let's pray for each other. Let's look out for each other. And I believe that's what it's talking about there. So we need to acknowledge our trauma, pray to him, acknowledge it to God. You know, isn't it great when you can write down your things and say, God, and number one, I'm having a hard day today, God. Really need your help. Number two, these people at work, let me pray for them because they really trigger me. And boy, God starts changing people like that. It's wonderful when you pray for someone or pray for somebody and then all of a sudden that person gets saved. Isn't that a pretty great thing? You're like, man, they got saved, you know? And, uh, and, but God will use you for that. Next slide. So living under the shadow of the Almighty, many of you know uh, Stephanie, you support her, Stephanie Wesco, and uh, when her husband was shot, she told me she was memorizing this psalm. So I had, I had 10 steps to biblical healing uh, about two years ago. And I, I added two more, and this is one of them I really like. We've got to remember that we're under the shadow. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and surely He shall deliver thee from the snare or the trap of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings. Shall thou trust, this truth shall be a shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth in the day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness. And, and then it goes on to say, a thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at the right hand, but he will come again. We live under the shadow of the Almighty God. There's nowhere we're going to go today. There's nowhere we're going to be in our life where we're not under the shadow of Almighty God. Uh, we get to be under the shadow. And it teaches us that God chooses to protect us. I'm glad about that. It talks about the spiritual person's life is protected by divine grace. I've found that in my life and these angels that God give us. You know, we'll miss an accident. One time Debbie and I stopped for one minute and came out and one minute ahead of us was a 40 car accident. It's like, we just got to stop. I, 
you know, and in God, we see that over and over again in our lives. I know you guys have seen it. The incredible security. I am so glad that God gives us blessed security and reminds us you're saved. It's not going anywhere. We worked with a lady last week who thought she could lose her salvation. It was a terrible place to be because I kept showing her in the Bible, you can't. You can't take it out of his hand. Um, the Bible says you do these things and you will be saved. It's, it's, uh, it's your situation. It's where you're living. It's what you got. And then uh, we're reminded that regardless of what happens, our Heavenly Father's will is done and there is no reason to fear. You know, one day we may face terrible things as we transition uh, to a bad place. One day we may be in the midst of all that, but our God, our God will be right there by our side. He'll be right there to take us through. I was with a guy, I, some of you may have heard about this, but we got called. I, uh, years ago, I did a PTSD conference, maybe five years ago, in Sacramento, California. And while I was there, a bunch of people came out. with workshop much like this, and this one young man was a Marine. He came out, and he was really fighting it, and I talked to him, and I talked to him. And he just kind of laughed at me and mocked me, and I said, that's okay. I'm going to pray for you. His name was Devin. I said, you know what, Devin? I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I love you, buddy. If you need anything, give me a call. And he just busted out of the church and never came back. And then this last year, we said, well, why don't we come out and do this again? So we flew out there, and uh, we went out there to do it again. As I was getting ready, he told me, Devin's in the hospital. He's dying of cirrhosis of the liver, drugs, all this stuff. He will not live. He's got too many body parts that are dying. He'll be dead within the next couple days. I was going there in four days. So I put something out on Facebook, and people around the country were praying for Devin. Let Doug get there with Devin because I wanted to apologize and say I haven't prayed enough for you and work with him and see if I could get him saved. And his parents, good Christian people, in a church much like this one. I got out there with Devin and, uh, I mean, they ushered me right upstairs. They didn't look for passports or anything at the hospital. They just wanted to see the kid get helped, which is strange for the University of California. And But I went right up to his hospital bed. They cleared the room in there and he was dying. Uh, he was all yellow. I mean, they told me he had a few hours left. And I told him, I said, Devin, I'm Doug. Do you remember me from a few years ago? And he squeezed my hand. I said, Devin, we're at that place now where we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I told him, you know, if you got the Savior, you're in. If you don't, you're out. And I said, can I share some Bible with you? And he squeezed my hand. And people had been trying to work with him for a week and a half. And over the next 10 minutes, Devin accepted his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was making noises and squeezing and hugging me. And then he stopped breathing. He just stopped breathing. And then out of nowhere, like a minute later, he took another breath and he, he lived for three more hours until his father got there. And I said, Devin, do you want your father to come here? And he, ah. So he called his father home from work. And Devin died right there in the hospital. But God was so good to Devin. He allowed us to go up to that hospital and lead him to the Lord. And, uh, and because of that, Devin gets to go to heaven. So no matter what happens, that's why I told Devin, God will be with you. Devin kept on looking around the room and telling the nurses, they're in here. There's devils in here. That's what he was telling the nurses. And uh, I led Devin to the Lord, and it was about 7 o'clock, and the nurse came back in. Once he started breathing again, they were getting ready to unhook his monitor and, and let him go to heaven. And the nurse looked at him, and he had his eyes open. He could barely move his head. And, and uh, she said, are there any devils in here, Devin? He's like, no, light. That's the God we serve. I told him so. Just before he passed away, I said, Devin, just walk toward the light. God is light. It's all right. Everything's okay. You got it worked out, buddy. 
just just go ahead and go. It's all right. You talk to your dad, and uh, no matter what happens. Next next slide. Growth often means pain and trauma. So when you think about that, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So as we remember growth, uh, we know that it's about following God. Sometimes it means pain. Sometimes it means trauma. I'll tell you one thing, being in the ministry will mess you up. I'm just being up front with you, man. Uh, you know, you help people, you pour your lives into them sometimes, you give them everything. And uh, you give them every little thing you can give them. And then as soon as they get better and get right, they stab you in the back and tell you what a bad guy you are and things of that nature. But, you know, I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm going to live with that pain and trauma because it's helping me grow. And I want to grow. And, and I want to get closer to Christ. So I want to continue to grow. And if it means a little bit of pain and trauma or if it means stuff I'm going through gets me closer to God, I'm signed up for it. I want to be closer to God. I want to leave here every day closer to God. Uh, I, I want to leave earth that way. I want to say, God, I tried. Next slide. And pain transforms us into his image. It's a sanctification process. It's a pretty great thing. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, trials, knowing this, that trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, people say, well, that's, that's making me be patient with other people. And in a way, it is. But when it's talking about patience there, it's like this perfect Greek word uh, that means you have patience with God. And there's something that's so much more important than that. It takes care of the rest of your life. Man, I, I got this thing right with God. Now I'm going to be okay. And uh, that's what it's here. It's working on patience that we, we trust God. We look to God. We, we know what he's going to do for us. We know how he's going to do it. And, uh, and we're going to trust him. We know he's going to take us to heaven. He saves us. And uh, we know he's going to do that through death. And everything else, well, we just got to trust him with. We got to wake up every day like the Apostle Paul said and die daily of the sins of this world and be ready to meet him. Next slide. And again, pain helps us grow. I told you this yesterday. I'm glad to know that the pain I went through, you know, the smashed face, the broken neck, the collapsed lung. They even sent me home to the hospital with Debbie. Said, there's nothing wrong with you, man. Then they called me back and said, what did we do for your broken neck and collapsed lung? I'm like, Debbie, talk to these people. You know, the Army gave me a big battle, bottle of ibuprofen and sent me home. And then they said, what did we do for that collapsed lung? So I went over there and they tried to reinflate it. And then they tried to put something on your neck to get, yeah, it's a little late, knuckleheads. But, uh, but you know what that pain did for me and does for me every day? That pain brings me closer to God. So it's great to know that the pain I've been through, that, that holding Willie in my arms as he died, that terrible trauma that you guys have been through that brought you to the place that you might have PTSD, that terrible thing, it's great to know that God can use that to help me grow. There's some benefit there if we trust God. There's benefit there. If we step out and trust him, there's benefit that comes out of all this junk. And there's, some, and there's some things you've got to write off and you've got to sweep aside and, and things like that. But once you do that and that pain you go through, that pain is terrible. But once you go through that pain, man, it helps us grow. And it's wonderful to know that, God, I had these terrible trials in my life and I was in a really bad place and, and boy, my health was a wreck and all these different things were going on. But God, I'm closer to you now. And that's, that's where I want to be. I want to check out close to God. You know? And, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. 
And it reminds us up there in Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. I'm so glad that God did not compare us to chickens here. That's what we deserve. Yeah, I worked at a chicken farm. Worst job ever. I love people who work at chicken farms. May God bless them. But my first job, I walked through these chicken coops that had 5,500 chickens in them. And my first job was to walk through the coop and go, oh, man. Put my glove on, pull a dead one out, put it in the thing, and, and go put it in the fire pit. I hated that job, man. And smelling those feathers burning. As soon as I got advanced, they moved me down to the plant. I hated working at that chicken farm, but this is what I found out about chickens. We had them in cages, so sometimes you'd go to pull the dead chicken out of a cage, and another chicken would get an attitude problem with you while you were pulling the dead one out, and sometimes they would go to their eternal reward together, <laughs> and, uh, especially if they, if they made me bleed. Yeah, but anyway... <clears throat> But I'll tell you, we would try to round up those chickens, and, and we had, we had 5,500 chickens in a pen, and we had like seven pens or coops. And uh, I can remember that we went to round them up on the ones that would get loose or something like that, and they would never even look up. You could throw chicken food or pellets on the floor. Those chickens never even looked up at who fed them and who cared for them. They were just saying you could reach and pick them up, and you tried to be careful, and you put them back in the cages. But isn't that a picture of so many people today? God's given us our manna. He's given us all these things we need, and we don't even look up and say, hey, God, thanks for this stuff. Thanks for this. You know, this is really a blessing. And uh, so think about that. And, uh, boy, God can take care of that. And my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. I know you're seeing it get trials. Don't say that, Doug! <laughs> But it's okay. It works patience with God. It gets us closer to God. Next slide. So we talked about Revelation 4, and we talked about how the last verse in Revelation 4 points out what our lives are all about. Bringing or, uh, glory and honor to God. That's why we live. Some people say, what's the meaning of life? I remember we were in a church, and Michael Jackson said it was capturing the elephant bones. Remember the elephant man bones? He paid like $500 million for elephant man bones. And that guy was out there, man. I'm just telling you right now. If you guys don't think Michael Jackson was out there, do a little bit of reading about that guy. But that's not, the, that's not what it is. It's bringing glory and honor to God. So we don't want to miss our purpose. We don't want to miss our reason. We want to bring glory and honor to God. And you know what? We want to bring glory and honor to God with the bad junk we've been through. That's where the rubber hits the road. When we say, God, we've been hurt. We've been through terrible things. Let us use this for your glory. Let us be a better parent. Let us be a better human being. Let us be a better whatever because of these terrible things. And most of all, let us bring honor and glory to you in a way that we should bring honor and glory to you. And uh, one of the things, I put that last statement there. I grew closest to God during my pain and suffering. Everybody says that to me. Those people come out the other end. They say, that's when I got closest to God. And see, we're missing that. So if we're in the middle of trials, if we're in the middle of junk, if we're in the middle of upside-down stuff, and we're not growing closer to God, we're not doing it right.
Thanks for hanging with us again. Sorry about the humming, but I'm loving the opportunity to share these quick consolidated classes with you from around the country. So hang in there. We got another one for you tomorrow and then one for Friday. May God bless you. If we can do anything to help you, go out and find us at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com or Helpful Wounded Spirits. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.